0: Amen. Welcome to everyone tonight. And if you are a guest tonight, we're glad to have you. If you are joining us online, we welcome you tonight as well and pray that you are blessed by this service. Do things a little bit different. I'm going to ask you to join with me in prayer and then I'm going to let you sit down and we're going to start rather than me starting with a text as is. I'm sort of the norm. Father, thank you for the privilege and the opportunity of being in your presence tonight. Thank you for your spirit in this place. Thank you for lives that you have touched already in this place, prayers that you have heard and are answering. We thank you for that, Lord. I pray, God, now you would speak to us tonight through your word. I pray, God, that you would let there be an anointing to hear and receive the name of Jesus Christ. God, we don't need sermons. We don't need speeches. We don't need talks. We need to hear from you. And I trust that you would allow me to be a conduit tonight through which you can speak to our hearts and lives in the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated if you would switch my iPad on, please. I I, uh, I don't know if I'll get to to where this title ties in or not, I, to be honest, I'm kind of prepared to not get this done tonight, and the Lord willing, continue next week. Um, let let me start with this. I, I've said this before, and I, I still believe it. I am I am very. Um, I don't think concerns really the right word. I'm looking for um, it. Maybe I'll put it this way. It bothers me that I don't think most of us really, truly have a clue and a grasp on what it is we are and what we are a part of. I really don't. I I think as much as us sitting here tonight may have a grasp on the Word of God, and and we believe God, we believe in God's Word, we, we believe... What we're doing, we believe we're in truth. I mean, if you're here tonight and you don't believe you're in truth, I kind of question some things about you. But as nice of people as we may all be, if we're not in truth, that's... that's uh, Even with all of that, I, I really don't think we grasp what it is we are a part of. Who we are and what we are. And, and I, my, my, I am included in the statement I'm about to make. I'm not pointing fingers. The way that we live, the priorities of our life demonstrate that we don't really have a grasp on what we're doing. I, I, I've never heard, uh, I don't see her, Up, oh, she is here. Samantha, I've never heard your side of this story. Maybe I can hear it one day. But I've heard Brother Hemus several times now, and then actually I think it was Matthew when we were in England a couple of weeks ago mentioned this. Uh, but he's in the course of my trips over there. I think he tells the story almost every time. For some reason it comes up. But he tells the story of being in Minnesota. I think they were on deputation, and it's when you had your Minnie Cooper and he tells the story of getting into Samantha's Minnie Cooper and proceeding to demonstrate to her what her Minnie Cooper had the ability to do that she did not know. Now, that's his side of the story. I, he talks about her being pinned back as he accelerated and on curves and what. He knew how to do with that Mini Cooper that she didn't realize, which if she didn't, I'm sure her father was happy that she didn't. I, I, that that story popped into my mind as I was standing here on the platform this evening because I think it's a, a good demonstration of how a lot of us, She it was her car, she drove it all the time, she owned it. But there was some things about it she did not realize the full potential. And I think that's probably just about most. I hope I'm wrong and understand I'm not being critical or judgmental. But I think that's probably about most of us here. When it comes to who and what we are and what we're doing in the kingdom of God, we don't really have a full clue. I came across something. I, I'm not even, not even in my notes yet. So, I came across a verse the other day as I was doing some reading and studying, and I hope to be able to preach it at some point in the future. But it's it's the verse where God says to the children of Israel, and this is this is a broad paraphrase. This is nowhere near a, a quote, uh, an exact quote. But the the gist of it, what he said to them was. Me calling you and choosing you had nothing to do with you. (laughs) It had nothing to do with you. It wasn't about your worthiness. It wasn't about how great you are. It wasn't about any. I, I just, I picked you. And, and what, part of what really struck me to that is if that's the basis, if there, or excuse me, if there is no other basis, than the fact that that's just who he decided to choose, you can't then change that around and make the reason he's chosen you because you're worthy. I'll turn it down, but I can't really hear myself. <laughs> I'll do what I can. So, we... we, we We're we not here tonight, that doesn't mean we don't, I've said it, part of the reason we're praying and fasting, not to earn something, but to get ourselves positioned and prepared for something. We're not here because we're so great, there's some great people here tonight, there's some wonderful people here, but that's not why we're here, because we are so great. Most of us look at ourselves in the mirror and we, we our thought is, what in the world, I mean, out of all the people, God, me? That's really good news. The fact that he started us off without it being our worthiness means, why am I giving in to the devil's condemnation that i got to somehow now become worthy? I mean, think about this. If he was willing to... How many of you had spent 21 days praying and fasting before you got the Holy Ghost? Before you spoke into... You, you had been on a 21-day fast, prayer meetings, nobody. Not one single hand. Not one single... Some of you probably got the Holy Ghost on a Sunday and the night before you were out committing adultery or fornication, got drunk, were doing drugs, stole something, beat somebody up. Who knows what you did? Came in, God spoke to you, you came to an altar or maybe you didn't even make it to the altar. You repented, got the Holy Ghost. I mean, what greater thing can God give you and you didn't do a thing to deserve it, but we get saved... And somehow we fall into this trap that I now got to earn it all. Please, you, you, you know, if you know anything about me, you, 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 hopefully you know me. enough to know. I'm not saying we just do nothing, but we can't earn it or deserve it because of what we do. So I was, I was, I, I, I don't, I, I, I've been, I, first time I preached, I think I was about 18. I've been preaching for almost 30 years. I don't know why I'm saying almost. I should be holding on to the fact that it's two more years before 30, but I'll give in to my dad's way of thinking for a moment. You would think at this point in time, be just very comfortable and confident, not in myself, but in who I am. And I still find myself struggling. I get the impression that, that uh, I don't know, it seems to me that a lot of guys must have like, they know weeks in advance what they're preaching and they... They give all kinds of time and preparation to it, and so I, 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 it's kind of a source of condemnation a lot of times for me to be very transparent with you because I'm not trying to be, uh, irresponsible, but it's like, I mean, I'm not just going to go open my Bible and. <laughs> so I say that to say, <laughs> tonight, what I, about to share with you. I wish I could tell you I've had it for weeks in preparation, but the truth of the matter is, last night I felt led for us to pray as a part of the prayer meeting, the Lord's prayers. The Lord's prayer is not our Father who art in heaven. That's our pattern for prayer. Everybody here knows that. But the Lord's two prayer requests that I find is laborers, For the harvest, and then John 17. John 17, the prayer he prayed was, the gist of it was for unity. But I read some of the verses last night as a part of the prayer meeting, really trying to get to one verse. But some of the verses I read, they just stuck. And so here we are. So John 17, verse 13, I'm going to read through 20 and then like to read some other translations for the purpose of giving some flavor or maybe some language that we understand a little easier than the King James. So John seventeen thirty, And now come I to thee and these things I speak in the world that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. That, 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 this, this passage is full of just some amazing stuff. I'm going to try to be sensitive, sensitive to what specifically the Lord wants to focus on here. But that part alone, he says that my joy may be fulfilled in them, in themselves. You and I are the containers for the fulfillment of his joy. I have given them thy word. The word there, the Greek word there for word is logos. Logos. I have given them thy word, and the world hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. You know, that there's really a whole lot of answers in this book. And based on what this book said, there should be very few surprises for us. We're going to come back to a few of these things, so... I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. I don't want you to take them out of the world. I want you to leave them in the world, but I want you to keep them. The word keep there means to guard. We are not supposed to get the Holy Ghost, get baptized, get filled with the Holy Ghost and all move to the mountains in the Rockies away from society and be in our own little cloister until Jesus comes. Jesus said, I don't want you to take them out of the world, but what I want you to do is keep them, guard them, protect them while they are in the world. But as we'll get to, hopefully, Tonight, if not tonight, the Lord willing next week, not to keep them in the world just for their own benefit and their own good, but I want you to keep them in the world so that my joy can be fulfilled through them. They are not of the world. We are not of the world. We are not of the world. world even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Well, it doesn't matter what you believe. We're not about doctrine. There are mega churches whose pastors have made the statement that their church is not about doctrine. Part of the context of the word truth here is doctrine. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes, and here's where my title is based on, for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. Those that are to come and who's going to believe on me based on what they say, what they communicate. Our lives are to be living examples, living epistles. But there comes a point in time we've got to speak the word. The Amplified Bible says it like this, verse 13, And now I am coming to you, I say these things while I am still in the world, so that my joy may be full and complete and perfect in them, that they may experience my delight fulfilled in them, that my enjoyment may be perfected in their own souls, that they may have my gladness within them filling their hearts. That they may have my gladness. Any, I don't, you don't have to respond. How many of us tonight can say, I've got his gladness in me? That's what his desire is. I have given and delivered them your word, your message, and the world has hated them. Because they are not of the world, do not belong to the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you will take them out of the world, but that you will keep and protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, worldly, belonging to the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them, purify, consecrate separate them for yourself, make them holy by the truth. Your word is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. Just as you sent me, I have sent them. So if you and I are not going, that's not on him. Because he says, I have sent and so for their sake and on their behalf, I sanctify, dedicate, consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified, dedicated, consecrated, made holy in the truth. That 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 verse really, that's really the verse that struck me last night. The rest of it's kind of gotten added to it as I've read and studied this. But he said, I am sanctifying myself, not for my own personal benefit. Your life and my life is for heaven's sake. I know I'm using a term that's used in a different context. Oh, for heaven's sake. Yes, you're right. If we ever could get it through our minds that whatever going on in our lives is for heaven's sake. It's not first and foremost for your sake and my sake. Jesus said, I'm consecrating myself that they also may be sanctified, dedicated, consecrated, made holy in the truth. Neither for these alone do I pray, not just for what's here right now. It is not for their sake only that I make this request, but also for all those who will ever come to believe in, trust in, cling to, rely on me through their word and teaching. I'm going to skip the Living Bible if you want the notes, I'll share them next week. I'm not sharing them if I don't finish them yet. So, don't ask me tonight. <laughs> the message Bible, "Now I'm returning to you. I'm saying these things in the world's hearing so my people can experience my joy completed in them." We we are we are we're in a world and and unfortunately it's gotten in amongst us where everybody's arguing and debating about, you know, do I really need to do this? Is that really necessary? Is, is, is this really necessary? Do I really have to do all of this? There's no way we understand what it is we've been invited to be a part of if that's our attitude. He's saying, I want you to experience my joy completed in you. I gave them your word. The godless world hated them because of it, because they didn't join the world's ways. Just as I didn't join the world's ways, I'm not asking that you take them out of the world, but that you guard them from from the evil one. Is anybody aware of this spirit of our age that's trying to get us as the church to be liked by the world and fit into the world and we don't want to do or say anything that will offend the world? Jesus said, they hated me, they're going to hate you because you're not of them. I I watched, there is so much hate in our world today. It permeates everything. I, I I don't I didn't have a dog in the fight for the Super Bowl. I really could not care less. It didn't matter to me whether the Patriots won or the Eagles. I'm I'm not one of those people that hates the Patriots because they're winning and cheat and whatever people accuse them of. And I don't have anything for the. I I I, I really didn't care. I didn't care. So understand that I didn't care, and I don't care but it was so it was so amazing especially watch scrolling social media somewhat during the game but then the next day I, I i i don't really care i'm i'm a cowboys fan still first and foremost a cowboys fan and and so that that's that's where my football allegiance is whatever level it is and it's not really a whole lot <laughs> but so I'm saying all that, I, I'm not, I am not for or against Tom Brady. I, I don't, I don't, I mean, he may have deflated some footballs, but you don't win as much as he did and get as much rings as he did because you took some air out of a couple of balls. I'm telling you that. I'm not prepared to say he's the GOAT because I'd rather argue for Aikman or Stallback, but that's usually what you do for your team. But it was—it was—it was—it's so amazing to I me mean, as I read through a lot of—I mean, it, it had nothing. To, it was such an attack upon the person. He—he he got thrown a pass. I know somebody you don't even know what a pass in football is. So I'm—you have to bear with me. Take a take a nap. I'll wake you up in the middle. He got thrown a pass before Foles got thrown a pass. It wasn't the greatest pass. It wasn't like it was right in his hands and he just totally dropped it. It was fingertips. And yet he has gotten bashed and there's videos and memes because of how. It's like, really? So the guy missed a pass. But yet it's become about the person. If, you know what, if that's the case with something so trivial as football, where in the world do we get off thinking that somehow we're going to find a way as true Bible-believing people to just blend in with the world and not do or say anything that's going to cross some people? Jesus said, they hated me, they're going to hate you because you're not of them. Just as I didn't join the world's ways, I'm not asking that you take them out of the world, but that you guard them from the evil one. They are not, they are no more defined by the world than I am defined by the world. Oh God, that that would be true. They are no more defined by the world than I am defined by the world. Make them holy, consecrated with the truth. Your word is consecrating truth. In the same way that you gave me a mission in the world, I give them a mission in the world. I'm consecrating myself for their sakes, so they'll be truth consecrated in their mission. I'm praying not only for them, but also for those who will believe in me because of them and their witness about me. Do You, you do realize that we are a part of that passage. We are included in what he was praying for. John chapter 15, verse 16. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name... He may give it you. These things I command you, that you love one another. If the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. I, 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 I am trying more than ever before to be cautious with social media, particularly with Facebook. Because I don't need extra junk in my spirit. And I, just the other day, I, I, I came across someone's post. And I'm telling you what, it was as if somebody just literally flipped a switch. I went from being kind of okay, okay mood, to something came over me. Somebody had posed a question. And a bunch of people responded. Let me tell you something. When you give an answer based on what you think or what you feel, who cares? Who cares? What you think and feel is just as valid as what I think and feel. What I think and feel is just as valid as what you think and feel. And part of the problem that our world is in is we're living off of what everybody thinks and feels. It's not about what you think and I think. It's not about what you feel and what I feel. Bottom line is this. It's not about what you and I believe. Uh, What do you mean? I'll tell you what I mean. You believe whatever you want to believe. We had dinner at my parents a week or so ago. Noah said he didn't, I think he said he didn't want the mashed potatoes, right? Because they tasted like clouds. Of course, the logical question that someone asked is, how do you know what clouds taste like, number one? But he believed, he believed mashed potatoes tasted like clouds. So it's not even about what we believe. What does the Word of God say but you know what I started reading some of the answers and I started getting a little offended why should I get offended they didn't agree with him of course we know he tried to change everything he was about so he could fit in and please everybody If the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. You You ever look at some of the celebrities of our world today and read some of their behaviors and you're like, how in the world could anybody have any kind of attachment or affinity toward that person? And they've got fans everywhere. Why? Because they're one of their own. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. i tell you what, Christians ought to be careful when the world loves them. Christians ought to be real careful when the, they are pleasing to everybody around them. That was the other thing that got me this, this, this Sunday. I don't, I, I don't, hope I don't offend anybody, but I'm, I'm sorry. I, I watched the game. It was, I, it was a good game, actually. That's what's nice about not caring about who wins, you don't, so. Man, the number of commercials that were not about the product. I almost, I almost posted. I, 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 I try, I try. I try first and foremost, because I feel like I have a responsibility with my role as pastor of this congregation to do my best to be above reproach, and so I try very hard to do that. And, and, and I actually had drafted part of the post as I was sitting there right after it happened, and I, I, I refrained from it, but I'll just say it here tonight. Toyota needs to stick with making cars and leave theology alone. They may make an okay car, but they've got a messed up theology. Those of you that didn't see the game or don't know what I'm talking about, they had a commercial where the driver of the truck was a Jewish rabbi. And then he went and picked up, I believe, what was a Catholic priest. And then from there he went and picked up um, a uh, what is, an imam. And then the fourth person they picked up was a Buddhist uh, monk, I guess. And in the course of their commercial, they made the statement, we're all on the same team. Toyota, stay with the Camry. <laughs> Stick with the Yaris. Keep working on the Forerunner, But you got no idea about theology. Because unfortunately, we're not all on the same team. Because there is a set way to get to the place we all claim we're going. There is a set path to get there. And we don't all get there however we want to get there. We don't all get there based on what we think, feel, or we believe. We get there based on what the Word of God says. Well, preacher, that sounds a bit narrow-minded, don't you think? Yeah, it sure does. Thank you, Jesus. That must mean I'm on the right track, because last time I checked, Jesus himself said, Broad is the way. Wide is the way that leads to destruction, but narrow, confining is the way that leads to life everlasting. Well, that's very exclusive and judgmental, don't you think? If he did not lay out a plan and a way for every human being to get on that road, yes! If you had to be a certain nationality or a certain economic background or a certain level of education to get on that narrow road, it's exclusive. If there was some hoops you had to jump through, if you had to have the right amount of money or, or, or the right education or, or, or come from a certain level of society to get on that road, yeah, that's Exclusive. But when he says, if you don't have any money, you can come and buy and drink. When he says, to whomsoever will, that's not exclusive. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. Barnes notes, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but... Keep them from the evil. Though they were going into trials and persecutions, yet Jesus did not pray that they might be removed soon from them. It was better that they should endure them and thus spread abroad the knowledge of His name. It would be easy for God to remove His people at once to heaven, but it is better for them to remain and show the power of religion in supporting the soul in the midst of trial and to spread His gospel among men. This may keep, but keep them from the evil one. This may mean either from the evil one that is the devil or from evil in general that is from apostasy, from sinking in temptation. Preserve them from that evil or give them such grace that they may endure all trials and be sustained amid them. It matters little how long we are in this world if we are kept in this manner. <laughs> doesn't matter how long we are here as long as we know that we are being kept. i ask you a question. How many of you ever prayed a prayer that you knew you didn't have a, a word from God for what to pray, but out of faith, just by faith? You, you prayed that prayer, anybody? How many of you got some of those that God didn't answer it the way you prayed? Let me tell you something. You think Jesus ever wasted a prayer? You think Jesus ever prayed a prayer that wasn't answered? I don't. And He prayed. I don't want you to take them out of it, but I want you to keep them, guard them in it. I don't know about you, but that's a prayer I think that's can be banked on. <laughs> that while we may still be here, we may be facing what's going on. Jesus prayed for us that we would be kept. The psalmist said it like this in Psalm 121. I will lift up mine eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. I'm not lifting up my eyes and looking towards D.C. Because my help doesn't come from a Democrat or a Republican or an Independent or anybody else. My help comes from the Lord. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be, to be, to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. He that keepeth thee will not fall asleep. I've, I've been very blessed in my lifetime. I can sleep anywhere. I, I mean, I, I can do it anywhere. I can do it in the car. I can do it on a plane. I can do it on a train. I can do it flying like a speeding bullet. I can do it all. I got to tell you, I, I, I mean, there, man, there's times that, boy, sleep comes over me. I sit down sometimes, watch a video in the evening time. It don't have to be late. And it may be a movie I pick. Not something my wife picked that I don't like. And there's a real good chance. 15, 20 minutes. I'm done. We're going to have to break this up into a series. Because that two hours ain't all getting in at once. I'm glad tonight to know, as simple as my point is, I am glad to know that he never slumbers. His eye is constantly on me to keep me, to guard me. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. Somebody join with me and say, the Lord is my keeper. The Lord is my keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth even forevermore. Second Thessalonians 3 and 1, finally, brethren... Pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. But the Lord, but the Lord is full Of faith, he is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. He will keep. I don't want you to take them out of it. I want you to keep them in it. I don't want you to remove them from from contact. But what I want you to do is to preserve them and keep them that the evil one will not overcome them. Why? Why is it? Why, Why are we so prone to wanting to be drawn back to what we were brought out of? Why are we so prone to trying to figure out how close we can get back to what we were but still get what He's offering us? I think part of the reason we can do that is because we don't really understand what He's invited us to and we don't understand His power To keep us and preserve us and guard us from what's going on around us. And the fact that they don't know us is okay. Think about that. How many of... I've preached at times before John... Where Jesus says in John, ye are, ye are the light of the world. I, I've preached messages in the past that I believe when when you and I as apostolic, Holy Ghost-filled believers walk into some place that there is something that takes place in the Spirit because we are, he said, we are light. But i got to tell you, 99.999999% of the time, I don't see any of that. One time in my 46 years of life, one time have I had somebody that was a complete stranger in a situation. In fact, I was, we were about to exit an airplane. I just stood up and the flight attendant walks by and looks at me and says, You're a preacher, aren't you? I, wasn't in my, I didn't have my collar on that day. I never had it on any other day either, but I wasn't in my suit and tie. I wasn't, I wasn't carrying my Bible. I was like in jeans and a, just a casual shirt. You're a preacher, aren't you? I was like, yeah. <laughs> I am a preacher. Ain't nobody else ever said that to me before or since. Well, I guess I must not be spiritual enough. I guess I must not have a great enough anointing. Think about this. I, this, this, this is what hit me during, during service. I, I didn't have this coming in here. Brother Isaac Jesus Christ, God manifested in the flesh. The Almighty God. The Almighty God, robed in flesh, spent 33 years interacting with countless people that were clueless as to who He was. The I am in the flesh. There were people that saw Him do miracles and still didn't believe. If that happened for Him as God in the flesh, who am I to think that I'm going to reach a point That every place I go, everybody's going to stand at attention because something has just entered the room. I think most of you tonight probably have never thought of it in the same way I'm saying it, but I think subconsciously a lot of us have felt that we are insignificant and we're not really worth anything or we're not really all that powerful because nobody recognizes who we are when we walk into a room. And Jesus himself, was he any less God? fact, it wasn't just the multitudes and the crowds. He came unto his own. He came unto his own, his very own. And they didn't receive him. If that's the case for him, who are you and I to think That we're going to reach the point that every person recognizes who we are. And until we get to that place, we must not really be anything. No. They didn't know Him. And if they don't know us and recognize us, that doesn't mean we're not who we are. Who He says we are. Brother, we really are who we think we are. Everybody ought to just be flocking here. Yeah, same way they all flocked to him. Of course, they did flock to him in multitudes, but that was only as long as they heard what they wanted to hear. Because the moment he started saying some things they didn't want to hear and they weren't getting what they wanted, they are gone And he says to his disciples, some of which, not the twelve, but some that were called disciples actually left. And he says to the rest of them, are you going also? And Peter says, where else are we going to go? He can keep you. You know what? If you're dabbling in evil or you're being tempted by evil, don't blame God. Maybe if I walk around seven times, the pulpit'll fall. <laughs> Don't blame God, because He said He can keep you from the evil one. You know what that? I mean, this is amazing. Let me, let me, let me come, here, come here, all you young guys. Let me get you, young guys. Come here, you young guys. I know some of y'all young in body and are young in mind, but I'm, let me so, so come here. You guys just kind of you represent. The, the, the crowd, the world. So if you are, if, if, if you get called out, I'll, I'll pick on you, so. If you get called out of darkness, that's dark, y'all a darkness, we've got to pray for y'all. If you get called out of darkness into his marvelous light, but find yourself dabbling back in darkness, That he called you out of, then you are going against what he prayed for. That, that means, that means my separation from the crowd I used to be involved and associated with, if I'm still struggling with it, I and I alone and the problem because the one that knows how to pray and get a prayer answered said, I don't want you actually to even take them out of it, but I want you to keep them and guard them while they're in it. So according to that prayer, we ought to still have some association with those around us, but not let it ultimately influence who we are and what we are. I can be in the world, but not talk like the world. I can be in the world but not act like the world. I can be in the world but not dress like the world. I can be in the world and not think like the world. Because the one that has the power to do it prayed for me that I would be kept in the midst of it. Thank you, gentlemen. Oh, hallelujah. let him... Establish, establish, let him establish you, and keep you from evil. Here's how that has to happen, though. I'll go a couple more minutes here. And see if I can find a getting off point for tonight. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Thy word is truth. Truth. Those four words are some of the most important world words in 2018. Thy word. Thy word. The liberal agenda is not truth. It is not truth. Pop culture is not truth. Truth. Humanistic ideology is not truth. Thy word is truth. And for anything to be truth, it has to measure up to Thy word. Oh, hallelujah. So he says, sanctify them through thy truth. The word has two, this word has two meanings. The word sanctify, it signifies to consecrate, to separate from earth and common use and to devote or dedicate to God and his service. It signifies to make holy or pure. What fellowship hath light with darkness? The sanctifying of them through thy truth produces a separation. Not supposed to produce a pharisaical attitude. Not supposed to produce a holier-than-thou attitude. Not supposed to produce a self-righteous attitude. But it is supposed to produce a separation. We've also never been in a day and age in which Bible-believing people have worked so hard to blur lines of separation. Sanctify them. Set them apart through truth. Thy word is truth. The prayer of Christ must be understood in both these senses. He prayed, number one, that they might be fully Consecrated to the work of the ministry and separated from all worldly concerns. Fully separated, fully consecrated, fully dedicated. That, secondly, that they might be holy and patterns of all holiness to those to whom they announced the salvation of God no wonder christianity has such a hard or the world has such a hard time with christianity when people are professing something and they're looking at those people and can't tell one bit of difference between them and the ones professing no wonder A minister, this is really good, a minister who engages himself in worldly concerns is a reproach to the gospel. And he who is not saved from his own sins can with a bad grace recommend salvation to others. A minister who engages himself in worldly concerns is a reproach. To the gospel. Got a world that got. Much distrust in men of God. Women of God. Why? Because of people who have. Engaged in worldly concern. Paul said. I, I beg you to walk worthy. Worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. I beg you to live in a way that matches the significance and the importance of the calling that's on your life. Thy word is truth. It is not only according to the truth of God that ministers are to be set apart to the sacred work, but it is from that truth and according to it that they must preach to others. That doctrine which is not drawn from the truth of God can never save souls. That doctrine that does not come from the Word of God can never save souls. Why are you people so narrow-minded? Everything's got to be about what the Bible says. Because that's the only thing that's guaranteed to have the power to save souls. The only thing. God blesses no word but His own, because none is truth, without mixture of error but that which has proceeded from Himself. I forget. I've got a quote written down somewhere. I forget offhand who it was that said it, but the quote is something along these lines. Be careful when you take down a fence that you don't know why it was put up. Separation from the world is not about keeping me from something that i'm being penalized that i can't have it's keeping stuff out that i don't want in house we lived in before the one we're in now all four kids were much younger the backyard was fenced in the entire backyard my children were not prisoners They were not in that backyard inside of that fence because I was keeping them captive. They were in that backyard and out on their play set inside that fence with gates closed because there was a lot of stuff that I did not want to get in. And Christianity is tearing down all fences because we don't want to be confined to live in a certain spot. But when you decide that you don't want to be confined to live in a certain spot, you've also got to be prepared to accept everything that wants to get in. Psalms 19 and 7. The law of the Lord is... Perfect. The law of the Lord is perfect. Converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure. Making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right. The statutes of the Lord are right. Pass whatever laws you want to pass. The statutes of the Lord are right. Rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Psalm one, nineteen, nine. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. You struggling in your walk with God tonight? How much are you taking heed to the word? John eight twenty two, or excuse me, thirty two. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I, I, I will, I will go head to head with anybody who thinks they are more free than I am. Well, you do this and you don't do that. And you just, are you kidding me? You have to do this, and when you don't do that, you start shaking, and you start going into withdrawals, and, but you're free. You're free, but the more you do what you do, the more it messes you up. The more it destroys your body. I'm bound, but other than normal aging, I'm doing all right. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The Bible talks about the perfect law of liberty. The law of, there is a law, that almost sounds contradictory because law sounds confining, but there is a law that you must live by if you want liberty. True liberty is not being lawless. I, 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 God bless all of you, people that have such moral character and integrity, and you are such, you are just such a, uh, just a person of the utmost character that your needle never once goes above whatever those black letter numbers say. If it's fifty-five, God. Bless you, you ain't going a mile over. If it's 65, you're not going a mile over. Pray for me. Do me one favor. If you are going to do that, please just stay out of the inside lane. That's all I have to say. Drive the speed limit, but the inside lane is not for you. It's called a passing lane. I've never seen in all my life, more than I have recently, where people will literally get out of the inside lane so you can go by them, but get right back in it. Did you not understand you had to get over because you were in the passing lane and weren't passing? Pray for me. Pray for me. But as much as I press the limit, thank God my record is clean again. I'm glad the blood of Jesus doesn't work like the Maryland State Point system, that you got two years to get clean on your record. Thank you that when I repent, the blood gets applied and I'm clean. I I push the limit all the time. My kids are supposed to drive as I say, not as I do. Well, that's hypocritical. You'll, you'll be a parent one day, you'll be a hypocrite. Right now, I'm in charge. I don't care how I drive. <laughs> if you want to drive otherwise and shoot your insurance rates through the roof, it's all on you. But, but as much as I kick against the speed limit, I've got to tell you, I really am thankful for it. Because I really, what, it's bad enough on the road as it is with the speed limit. Because there is order that is provided by laws. We're now in a world that wants to get off, to throw off all laws so that we can be free and we're more bound than we have ever been, been before. I'll try to close here quickly. How do I keep going? Maybe there's something I'm supposed to read again. It keeps going backwards. John 15, 2. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. The word of God is not a weapon. It's not a tool to be used against us. It's not something that beats us over our head. It is what makes me clean. Ephesians 5.26, that He might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the Word. James one twenty one, wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. I think that's what my kids are a lot of times. They're superfluity, naughty. And receive with meekness the engrafted Word which is able to save your souls. I don't care how good what anybody else says, it can't save my soul. 1 Peter 1.22 Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the Word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. It liveth and abideth forever. Textbooks have to be revised. They have to be edited. They have to be updated because somebody learned, oops, we had that wrong. We were incorrect. But the Word of God is incorruptible seed. It does not need to be edited. It does not need to be modified. It does not need any appendix. Uh, or, or uh, What is appendix? What's in appendix not in the back of the book? Doesn't need any of this. Doesn't need any amendments. Don't need Robert's Rules of Order to create amendments. It's complete all by itself and it abideth forever. Sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is truth. Man, this is another one of those nights where it's like what feels like it's here doesn't seem to be getting out there. He has prayed for us. I, 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 I'm... I'm realize every time i say i'm quitting i'm adding to the time i'm going so if i'd stop saying i'm quitting i'd quit a whole lot sooner right (laughs) i I, i've struggled used to struggle i I don't really struggle anymore used to i struggle with praying for people because i i just felt like every time i had to pray for somebody i had to have a word from god i had to prophesy i had to read their mail and it just never seemed to happen so i'd stand off in the corner and and I really made peace with that, and, and actually, I feel like God gives me stuff now. But even before that, I finally made peace. And you know, I I, I pray for people. I, I try to get involved in praying for people. I pray for people, but I, I'm I'm me. I'm not God. So while, well, I mean, you know, let's be honest. There's there's some people we know. You know, if I'm sick, I really want so and so to pray for me because. If they'll pray for me, I got my 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 chances go up. <laughs> it's a little it's a little higher probability. <laughs> but you know, I mean, come on, let's be honest. There's some people, you know. Come on, let's all. You don't have to you don't have to admit it outwardly, but you better admit it in your mind. You know, come on, tell the truth now. You stand in altar praying, whether it's during burden bearing, you got a need, or during altar call, and somebody comes up and starts praying, you recognize their voice and you're like, oh my God. (laughs) Y'all know I'm telling the truth. You know, some of y'all know I'm, I'm in, if I ain't been in the Holy Ghost all night long, I am in the Holy Ghost right now. Some of you, that hand goes on your head. You recognize that voice, and you—you don't—you—you you may not do it outwardly, but inside, boy, you shut it down. They take their hand, walk away, and you open back up. My, my, my! I don't know about the rest of tonight, but I just got it on it right now. I know that. Hallelujah. But then the other part of that is, you know, you're kind of like down here and, you know, you see Brother Whaley over there, so he's over there praying for somebody, so you're just kind of like, (laughs) kind of doing the Ray Lewis. (laughs) Just see if you can kind of accidentally, you know, bump him a little bit so you can, because, I mean, you know, Brother Whaley, he he can see stuff, so he might see something on me. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Some of y'all are like, boy, Bishop will pray. Well, maybe, I don't know what Bishop pray for me or not, because he might get something more than what I want. <laughs> <laughs> Brother Shelton comes, starts prophesying, you all up, right? So anyway, bottom line is every human being is simply a vessel. But we're not talking about just even somebody that's on the high probability of scale of getting prayers answered. Jesus, Jesus prayed some stuff for you and me. He, Jesus, Jesus, I pray for y'all, but Jesus. Jesus, prayed, I don't want you out of the world, but I I want you to be kept in it. I want you to be established. I want you to be taken care of. Father, thank you for the privilege again of being in your presence tonight. God, I pray that somehow your word tonight would not just be something we hear, but something that would genuinely impact our lives. God, that you would change our perception, that you would help us to really see what we are, to get a glimpse of what we have been invited to be a part of, to be able to recognize the enemy's attempts to distract us, to draw us back to what we had so that we do not enter into the fullness of really what we are and who we are in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, you prayed when you were on this earth in the flesh. You prayed. You prayed not only for those that were around you then, but you said it plainly for all of us to come. So for us tonight, Father, you know. I thank you that you said in your word you remember our frame. You know that we're dust. You know our our human frailties and weaknesses. You know our struggles and I thank you that you don't judge us for that, but in fact, quite the opposite. You provide the means by which we're able to overcome those frailties and weaknesses. And so I pray that your prayer for us, that we would be in the world, but we would still be guarded from the evil one. I pray that blessing upon us tonight, that you prayed for us in the name of Jesus Christ, by the power of your Spirit. I pray, God, that you would help us to... to Once again, afresh and anew, sanctify, separate, consecrate ourselves for your purpose and your plan. In the name of Jesus Christ, God, let your joy be fulfilled in us. I pray tonight, Father, for every individual from the youngest to the oldest in this place tonight, that your request, that your joy be fulfilled through us Because Lord, I don't think there's any way for your joy to be fulfilled through us and us not reap the benefits of that joy being fulfilled in our lives. So let that happen in every one of us. God, I pray for those tonight that may be weary in mind and spirit and this has become a drudgery, this has become an obligation, it's become a burden, that you would give us fresh revelation and fresh faith and a fresh experience of the great things that you have made us a part of. In the name of Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Hope to see most of you, if possible, Saturday night. Otherwise, hopefully on Sunday, in Jesus' name.